Hi guys. How you guys doing? We're... Hey. Today is the day that Mariam and I definitely are going through it. Um, we're really working hard to create this podcast for you, so we said it's a baseball cap day, and we both did this without knowing what the other person was going to wear. This was, this was interconnection. You feel me? But like always, y'all already know what you're listening to. The best podcast in the world. Right now. I put that on ten toes. Stand on it. On ten. All ten toes. Bye, y'all. Yeah. I'm a little. (laughs) Why look at me like that? Wait, 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 wait. under the weather um i've been congested forever and it's just not working so y'all just gonna have to deal with my sexy sick voice <laughs> oh no i have to deal with that voice they have a choice <laughs> come on this voice is a voice you go to sleep thinking about you're like wow i saw a sick voice is so cute yo i had the weirdest fucking dream last night i'm gonna tell you after this episode because it was actually wild i was like yo that's crazy i woke up like Oh, yeah, what's yeah, it? What, what is it? I went to a party and I met some people and I'ma just keep it at that. It was very interesting. Um yeah. I feel like I don't want to say it on the podcast because that's revealing a part of myself. I'm not ready to share, but I can tell you later. But yeah, girl, it was a crazy dream, bro. I was okay. like, wow. I'll be prepared. I'll be prepared, be prepared. You know? It's great. You're going to be like, oh, you're probably going to be like, this dream is actually not that wild. This is very tame. But for me, I wasn't ready to be confronted like that, you know? I think my subconscious is trying to tell me something, and I don't like, I'm not ready for that at all. Oh. Like, at all. So. Yikes. You know, for all my people in the cold place, how's the snow? Fuck you, for real. <laughs> How is it? We don't have snow yet, so you're just a hater for no reason. Oh, it is okay, beautiful. but there's is it not bitter outside? It's not getting bitter. Listen, listen. Cold weather just finds it easy for you to find somebody to snuggle up on without sweating. Wow. In Miami, you can't even cuddle without having like a rag next to you because y'all just sweating so much. But here, no, that's not true. It's we nice have that fall chilly. weather. That fall weather consistently up until that summer, the the ghetto <laughs> summer. But the fall mm-hmm. weather, beautiful. You can mm. sit. It's breezy. It's nice. You can you can cuddle. You can hold hand. Look, you can do whatever. You don't even gotta shiver. I don't even oh. have to wear a coat if I don't want to. Oh, she said. You see the coat. light? Oh. Oh. Okay. And since, okay, since have, it's like... November, it's November. I am not heading towards that seasonal depression. I didn't even realize it was November. Listen, that's a great segue. Unlike you, <laughs> my depression is not seasonal. My baby's here to stay. She said summer winter fall i gotta dress for it i am ready at all times all periods can't yes. stop me can't I, think, stop. I think other seasons you know i just on the go but winter be slowing me down it just be like look you ain't gonna have for me today funny enough i think because i'm trying this thing where like i'm trying to be more active outside and just doing more things Winter hasn't really stopped me, but it's also November. You know, like when January and February hits, when there's like snow, I feel like that's when I'll be really tested. 
But I think I'm just lucky because I have a heated garage. So I don't know what the weather is until I'm outside. Yeah. Which is kind of like a way for my body to be like, yeah, it's not that cold. I can gaslight myself <laughs> outside because like my I go downstairs and I'm like, it's like perfectly normal because my head sees the garage is outside. And I'm like, yeah, it's perfectly normal. And then like, I don't have to warm my car up either because it's warm. And then I just skedaddle outside and I'm like, yo, whoa, 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 relax. And then my car be like, careful, there's ice on the ground. I said, ice, baby, it's like 70 degrees in here. Topo in here. In here. But no. My car is like my car is connected to like the the GPS. So wherever you are, it tells you the weather outside. So if it's less than like thirty something degrees, I always tell you drive safely. There's ice. Even though there's no ice. There's there's, there's no snow. There's no nothing. But my car cares. You know? She and cares. I love the concern. I love the concern. Honestly. You know. Shout out she's to doing that. Hyundai Elantras. Is it Hyundai or Hyundai? I can never say it properly. You know, I don't know. I, I think it's Hyundai, Sha. I, don't I think know. I'm triggered because Nigerians say Hyundai. And ever ah. since, yes, Hyundai. They say Hyundai. My parents used to say Hyundai when I grew up. So, like, when I, like, got this freaking car, I was like, I can't embarrass myself and be like, Hyundai. <laughs> so I was like, I just <laughs> you to I would like to. Good. Yeah. Exactly. I just avoid saying the first half. Hyundai. But for those, I have Elantra, so, but my little Elantra, she's a bad bitch. Um, I love that car. She has a pink steering wheel cover. She's, she's storm gray. She repping. She got sports mode. She's not to be played with, okay? But everyone knows that, like, low-key, the Kia also eats. If anyone has a Kia, you're doing life right. That car eats. It eats. Every time I see it, I'm like, dang, I might trade mine in. Yeah, I'm I'm with my good old reliable, the Toyota. Your RAV, is yours a RAV4? Yeah. Nah, RAV4s are like solid. My friend just bought a new RAV4 and I was like, nah, this car's actually very solid. It does, <sighs> it's never going to die. I know. She can drive that shit into like the lake and come back out. That's <laughs> <laughs> the fucking lake. I constantly. It's going to keep going. That car cannot be stopped. It's a tank. Toyota said we're going to make a tank. And it's not like Toyotas are tanks to begin with, but they said we're gonna make a tank with as an SUV, and they came up with the Rav4, because now nah, that car is solid. That's a solid car. So, but when you get your little hybrid, I'm gonna be super excited. So then I can be like, my friend has a hybrid. Mm-hmm. She's better than one all day. of you. I'd be flexing with you. You said flex That's with my, my shit. Yeah, I'd flex with all of y'all. Oh my god, people yeah. be asking. I'd be unprovoked. I'd be like, yeah, my friend lives in Miami. She's so cool. Like unprovoked unprovoked i'll be like yeah like, my friends like you're so cool like this is my friends in law school like yeah she's doing such great things she's so awesome me okay. unprovoked no, when no, no, our shorty got into school. oh yeah like when Teresa, let me now pull but you girl know. i thought i got to cambridge it was me i, said, I was in cambridge we the way i was telling everybody i was like yeah she got into cambridge because she's just so smart and like she's not even like blah 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 she got into a dual program because she's just so great girl is it me that's going? No, it doesn't matter. I, I feel like an African parent. I'm like, yeah, my friend did this. Like, my friend is like, I step, I stand on y'all ten toes. When Shorty moved to Atlanta, oh uh, no. like, y'all, oh yeah, every single one of you, um, people in my job know how great you people are because I talk about you guys so much. I'm just like, yeah, no, like my friend is in like Atlanta and she's just like doing this. I might go see her. Oh no, my other friend's also in Miami. She does this, 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 and she just got like her master's from this, this, and this. Unprovoked. You would think I'm talking about myself. 
Oh yeah, my other friend, she's like an influencer, no big deal though. She's a content I'm sorry, she's a content creator, no big deal though. Like she just works with BuzzFeed and like has a bunch of like brand deals. No biggie. Is that see if I'm talking about me? I'm not. No, so I need y'all to keep doing great shit because I'm running out of shit to talk about. I, <laughs> I need y'all to do something else. 2023. I love you need to start. Someone needs to get engaged. I need something. <laughs> I need something new. Jeez. I need something. My African my African mother jeans need something to be like, my children are better than yours. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. In our group. Who? What? What? Exactly. Exactly. We're old enough. Babe, we're we're gonna be twenty six next year. Hey, like, hey don't think. be asking my age. <laughs> like, I am a very young. I'm sorry. I'm a young. She's like, well, I am going to be twenty three, but I will be twenty six. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, no, she like yeah, pretty. We, we we getting up there. We getting the age where like being engaged in like six months is like normal. My mom was asking me yesterday. She was like, "Are you seeing anybody?" I said, "There's nobody to see." <laughs> Facts. Love is blind on my end. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's love is blurry. Don't worry about it. Love is blurry. Okay, I got. Let's get into the meat of things. I just oh, want to really hear about nonsense. It's okay. But, I feel like we haven't done like an episode like this in a while. So people want to get updated. They love when we talk about absolutely fucking nothing. But this episode, know? they do. What are we talking about this episode, Maureen? We're talking about uh, our mental health. You know, I kind of segued earlier about that when when talking about seasonal depression and how sometimes that hit in very cold climates like Minnesota, Chicago. Oh, gosh, I hated my life. I'm not going to lie. Every, every winter. Like, honestly, I completely understand the phrase winter is coming. Like, it's deep. It is it's deep. Real deep. Um, I think... Because we were also in school, or at least I was in school at the time, and I lived in very cold places, that winter hit very differently. I think by the time I got to winter time, I was already drained. I was over it. Um, it was dark outside. I didn't want to go outside. I remember when that polar vortex hit in Chicago and my teacher was like, come to class. And I said, your father is the one who will be coming to class, not me. Okay? It won't be me. Alright? Oh I will God. not be arriving. You want me to die for book? Chemistry is not that deep. Was I don't chemistry? have time. Yes. He tried. He tried. But, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about our mental health, kind of starting way back from the very beginning with our families. So, you know, Kweisola, how was... I guess navigating mental health and discussing mental health with the family, like maybe very early on. Um, there was no navigating. It was um, it was more like okay. So like, your girl has been having some of the depressies since I was a kid. I had childhood depression, um, which is real, real fucked up to have. It's not. It's the worst kind of depression to have. Um, but I really didn't open up about my depression to my parents because, like, when you're young, you're really good at just masking it. Like, you're like, it was very. It, I was very good at just like pretending like I was okay. Um, I really didn't talk about it or deal with it or even tell my parents about it until I was like in my late teens, and they were like, "You for real?" And I was like, "Yeah." This whole life thing. Not with it. 
not with it at all. And they're like, damn, that's crazy, dude. Um, my parents were as supportive as they could be as Nigerian parents. Like, they didn't fully understand why I was depressed. And it was hard for me to be like, I just am, you know? I think, like, sometimes with mental health, we look for reasons and causes. But, like, I just was. Um, I did have reasons, to to be fair. I had a lot of reasons. I was severely bullied and a bunch of, like, life traumas and stuff like that. You know, classic childhood was. But um, I was really sad. Like, I was really, really sad. I was really sad. And um, it did not, it got, like, better and then worse. Like, for me, I had a period of time where I was like, oh, maybe I'm not depressed no more. Maybe I'm <laughs> And I was, like, so into, like, the idea that I was happy and stuff. And then um, that ended real fucking quick. UIC ruined my mental health. Um, because when I got out of college, when I got out of um, high school, when I went to community college, those two years, genuinely, <laughs> mental health was, like, soaring, bro. I was doing so freaking well. I was so happy. I was I was supported. I was surrounded by people who loved me. I, I just was, I was good. My parents were good. Like, everything was good, right? Um, I go to UIC. And I said, I have tasted depression, but this, this, this brand that you people are giving me, different, different. I pay $40,000 to be sad. That was you know? a brand name depression, you know? Oh, God. You didn't that get shit. the off-brand, you know, generic oh, vision. God. I was like, ah, Kilele. That, <laughs> that looks like a hit different. So, um... Yeah, college was the worst. I think for, like, a lot of kids, college is usually, like, the time where it might be the worst. I don't know if I'm, like, projecting, but um, college for me was, like, don't get me wrong. High school was a very, very, very close second. It's not actually, like, a, it's, like, a two, like, if you're racing, it's a point, point zero zero one like, difference between both of them. Let's just be guided. But I think college was just really, really bad because I think, like, I was stressed. I was broke. I was lonely. I was isolated. And then when I finally found like a group of people, um, I still had to like navigate. Like it was just a lot. It was a lot. I did have fun in college, to be fair. And I attribute that to like you guys. But if I didn't meet y'all in college, <laughs> I would have <made> it. <laughs> I dropped out. Like I would have been. <laughs> I would have been gone. I don't like UIC Damn. school. Y'all can cash my check. I'd transfer. Like I would uh, dead ass transfer. Damn. I left. UIC was terrible for me. It was on oh, God. Every time I get an email from UIC, it takes a lot in me not to respond to that email. Like y'all, some bitches block my number. <laughs> so please, um, like don't email me. I've yeah. unsubscribed. Yet they find a new email. I've unsubscribed like four times, like four. And, and each year they find. They're buying it. Oh, That's what's happening. They're happy. They're oh, happy to buy it. No, you, I see I, you, you fat, stupid bitch. Like, you know that, that TikTok sound? If you, you put me off the schedule, you little dumb, stupid... That's me, you I see. Oh, God, put 10 toes down. I hate that fucking school. If anyone ever asks me to go there, I'd be like, don't. Like, my answer is always going to be don't. And I don't uh, care. Thank you. That's my... Fuck that school. Oh, God. Thank you. I mean, Sorry. UIC had its ups and downs. I wouldn't say don't go there. Don't go there. I, yeah, I wouldn't say don't go there. I think I think it I think it's a pretty solid institution. Honestly, I prefer UIC over 
my grad school program, given that like one, I was, I was literally a chocolate chip and a sugar cookie. And I don't know how I felt about that. And literally it was snowing all the time. I was just sad. Y'all, I was said, if it's snowing, I don't want to be going. Facts, <laughs> <laughs> though. Do you know how much class I've missed? But kind of, I guess, like, going back to my own childhood, I felt like anytime mental health is kind of discussed, it was just, like, it kind of, I associated to the word crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I thought, it was just how I felt like I grew up, how it was portrayed on the stuff that we watched like, the, all the, the Nigerian films that we watched, like, it was so exaggerative, like, what I thought mental health was, um, and honestly, I was, like, I was, I was, like, I knew I was sad, I think, at home, but it never processed, I just thought that, like, you know, I was, I was just tired, I needed to kind of, I needed to keep myself busy, um, so when I tell you, I don't, I've, I've done every single club at that, that high school, like every single one from cooking, culinary, culinary club to math lease to scholastic bowl to, and it, like even fucking choir, y'all. Choir. She I was in choir. No, I was a backup singer. It wasn't like. Okay, sing right now. Sing right now. Sing one line. Mods. <laughs> like, sing one Clearly. No, I'm not singing. I'm getting shy. <laughs> I can't even do karaoke the other day with my work folk. Okay, so, here, everybody, everybody close your eyes. Why am I singing? Hey, man. <laughs> Literally, it's a podcast. That don't even fucking matter. Anyhow, back to what I was saying. But I feel like I use a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We'll have them next to the candles. <laughs> we'll make a vinyl record. <laughs> okay, ah. Anyhow, so with Micah. Thank you. Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Yo. I hope you fall over. Anyhow. <laughs> I I use a lot of things in high school as an escape. Um just fair. And I think the first time that like I felt like one, like, I guess the sense of freedom was, like, college was my sense of freedom. Like, I wasn't with, I didn't have to be with my siblings, my parents, because I felt like I was parentified, and it was a term that I came across later on, where, like, I had to grow up a lot quicker and essentially be parents to not only my siblings, my my parents, and I think that took a great toll on me. I was a I was responsible, even though honestly, I could have been, I could have grown up to be an irresponsible person, but they didn't allow me to be great. They didn't allow me to be great. Um, and so I think by the time I got to college, it was like a different beast. Like I felt free, like the initial part of college, and then I was like, damn, I, I'm struggling with a lot. Like you have a little bit more free time, like your day is not structured. Like literally in high school, from nine to to five yeah doing something then you have after curricular activities I even played tennis so I was doing matches I had practice like there was no time for me to process anything so then in college you have you have five hour gaps maybe before your next class what am I doing during that time you can't do school work for five hours now your your voice is whispering people are whispering I said Mm-mm, I don't like this I don't like this at all I think because it was, like, the first time I was forced to be alone with, like, my thoughts, um, 
Bruh, y'all, they started seeing me crying on campus at random buildings, at random places. I had to call people just so I could get me. I don't even know why I'm crying, y'all. I'm in the corner in SSB or something. Please, I don't know what's going on. So that was, like, the first, like, first time I had to, like, go to therapy. And honestly, it was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself because... I didn't realize how much stuff that I have, like, internalized um, up until that point. Um, I didn't realize how much stress that it put on my body. Because I felt like I was sick all the time, bro. All the, me and me and Coenzola were sick buddies. If one oh, was yeah. getting taken to the hospital, she was like, <laughs> two, you know? And I'm like, uh-uh. I didn't realize it's how much. Me too. That was us. Bruh, I, I remember that one time at that hospital that one day. I said, geez. Yeah, that was My doctor was actually awful. It if was. You're a doctor, you were a terrible person. I'm so sorry. Lily thought, made me thought I was dying. I started sending emails to my professors. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Nigga literally told you you had cancer. Like, what the fuck? He said, as a possibility, I said, isn't there a better way that you can see it? The whole time, it wasn't cancer. He was a possibility. He was like, he didn't even make it sound like it was, like, one of the list of things. He said that, like, last time I saw something like this, it was cancer. So there's a possibility this could be cancer. What do you think? Why would you tell someone that? Like, why would you say that to them? And he, the worst part was, like, he delivered it so, like, I understand that, like, you have to be separated from your patient as a doctor because, you know, you can't let everything get to you. But there was a way that you could have, like, said that. Or you could have just waited till the fucking results came in. The thing is, he wasn't even going to be the one that even... He didn't even do a test. He didn't do any of that. All he said was that, like... Was it my white blood cells or something low? And, like, I had to go to a hematologist. That's just because my lymph nodes, no matter what kind of sickness it is, I know when I'm sick. I just got to feel my neck a little bit. All right. The flu is here. The cold is here. All right. Cool. But if nothing is popping up on my neck, that means I'm good. So then... But that shit was, like... On my neck, he said it could be lymphoma. I said, ah. I started crying. I said, there's no point of going to class. I beg, fuck your, fuck your organic chemistry. Fuck everything. Done. Take me. <laughs> Take I'm, me. I'm retiring. And then the doctor that I went to said, oh no, you're fine. I said, fuck you, fuck your mom. But yeah, no, I realized that the sometimes when you don't take care of your mental health, it it appears in different ways and I learned quite quickly that it appeared physically for me constantly tired always like sick or it was easy for me to get sick and I think that first round of therapy was like the the medication I've never received like it was like and not necessarily a cure but like it did help with a lot of the initial issues that I was facing whether it was boundary issues or things of that nature so would you say that, like, therapy has helped you, like, navigate through some of those, like, different hurdles now that you're an adult? Oh, 100%. Like, am I still working through those things? Yes. But am I a lot better from where I started? Oh, yeah. I definitely coming in with, like, whether it was confidence, lacking confidence, or was it um boundaries with my family and my parents and because it it had an impact on me in school like it was rough I think and like 
like similar for you, did you feel like when you went to therapy or when you started to recognize some of the issues that you were going through that you felt like it has helped you? Um, I think my new therapist will be a lot more helpful. Um, I think my new therapist has been a lot more helpful and been a lot more influential and stuff like that when it comes to my mental health and like how I'm doing. But I think in the past, um, I did a lot of like research myself and I did get diagnosed and stuff like that. And when I went to therapy in college, um, I had uh, a female uh, white therapist. And I think for me, I needed someone who was black. Um, having a black therapist was someone I needed because I remember one time I was telling her about something that happened in my childhood and she was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. I was like, yeah, but like I'm Nigerian, so that's fine. And she was like, no. And then she was so stuck on it. And I was like, okay, sis, this is not going to work because I need you to be able to get over this like faster. Um, and having to explain my culture as well as explain like what's going on. And like, I was like, I need you to be able to tell me what's happening through a different type of lens. And I don't need you to like be stuck on the fact that like my culture is the way our culture treats children and stuff like that is impacting this. Like I'm not American, right? So my parents are not American. American culture is not my culture. So the way my parents will interact with me is different than how an American parent would interact with them. So it's just like, just doing that was something that um, having to explain. But my new therapist is a Nigerian woman and it has been a lot more helpful because I don't have to explain things to her. I don't have to be like, yeah, this happened. Um, but I do think that like therapy, especially when you take the time to find the right therapist, because my journey has been, I've been through about three, this is my third therapist that I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is a good fit, but it's taken me years to get to this point. But, um, it took, it took, um, a really bad argument and a really bad moment of where I was just feeling so overwhelmed and so insecure for me to be like, I need to go back to therapy. Um, because I am feeling too many things and I no longer know how to navigate this on my own. And it was just taking that like adult moment to be like, you know what? I will pay the expenses. I will figure it out. But I need yeah. to go because I've been pushing it off for so long. And, you know, I always joke about my mental health ABCs and like I make <laughs> like cracks about and stuff. But like those ABCs started to really ABC, like they were really ABCing. And um, there's just so many things that I know I want to work on. Yeah. And I know there's some like insecurities that I still have that I need to work on. And I was just like going forward in like the new version of me that I want to be and the person that I envision myself becoming, I need to be able to let go of these. And I cannot become the woman that I want to be if I keep holding on to certain things from my past and I just have to like let them go. Like, yeah just no peace out on them and like they might, they might creep in every once in a while they might float in but i really need to know how to manage those thoughts so that i'm not like stuck in bed for like four days you know um but yeah like i said i've had depression most of my i don't think i've had more years with depression than i've had without it at this point mm -hmm. um way more i've had i had eight years free and then when i turned eight my depression hit me like a brick um, and like, I always say like, this is hella TMI and please trigger warning for those who are about to listen. But I had my first not so fun thought. Um, if everyone knows what that means, if you don't, you don't need to know when I was eight years old. 
um, I wanted to like walk in front of my school bus when I was eight. So I remember that moment like very distinctly. And like, I like sobbed my eyes out on like the, um, I got dropped off the bus and this is before um, my parents could pick me up. Cause I was like, either I had a half day, it was early or something, but I was earlier than normal. So my parents weren't um, at the bus stop to pick me up like they normally were. And my house was like a block away from the bus stop. So they could usually watch me. If they couldn't come out, they could usually just watch me from like the window and watch me come. But because I was earlier than normal, I had like five to 10 minutes of like just time to myself. And I literally stood at that, because I was the only one on that bus stop. I stood at that bus stop, bawling my eyes out, like crying for like, I don't know how long. And like my bus was driving away and I just thought jump in front of it. And I was like, and I was, that was a weird thought to have as a kid. Cause I was like, yeah. I was eight. How do you process that at eight? And then, um, I remember I like, sorry. I got myself together and then I went home that day and I like cheered myself up. I remember like dissociating. Like I literally got in front of my door and I was like, okay, I can no longer be sad. So we are going to change this now and just changed it. And I was like, hi, how's it? You would, you could not tell that I spent the last 10 minutes just crying on myself in winter, in winter <laughs> on the bus. It was like October. Like I was just, just, just our fall, I guess. I was just distraught. Um, and my mom was asking me how school was, like how everything was going and blah, 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 blah. And I'm over here like, it was phenomenal. I had a great time, loved it, would never change it. This is the best day of my life. And, um, and I can understand that like, yeah, I did that at a really young age and I did that for years. And I could understand like when I got older, I was really upset that my parents couldn't see that I was depressed. But through my formative years, I had learned how to do a really good mask of like, I'm okay. So I was like, I don't know how I expect people all of a sudden to be able to tell that I'm not okay when I've done a mask my whole life that I am. And I really do try not to do that mask anymore. Um, it's a very hard thing to not do. But I do sometimes feel a need to be overly happy and overly joyful and overly funny to just make up for the fact that like I don't feel that way inside. Yeah. And on my like most depressed days, the days where I'm the funniest are the days where I don't want to live anymore. Like, <laughs> I be cracking mad jokes. Like, I'm, I'm the funniest person alive. I am. I want to be. <laughs> get it? Get it? Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just, you know, I want y'all to understand how, <laughs> even though it is funny at times, funny. but I think being someone who's really close to her, and like having to kind of, like, I'm like looking I'm at her scared. sideways because I'm, like, I'm like because I be look this was one of the talking points of therapy I didn't know how much like even having friends who also who are going through it and like and you know they didn't and they didn't want to essentially like be here anymore like I know how much that had an impact like I think on me yeah and, I'm like, sorry Y'all, every day, like, honestly, I feel like my my anxiety had, was exacerbated during UIC. Like, I think I was always, like, someone who would be, like, who'd be anxious. My mom is, like, a, a warrior. So, like, honestly, some of that, like, will seep into some of the things, like, into how I think about things. And I've tried to, like, work on that because it's exhausting. But it's just, like, sometimes, like, 
you really just don't know like if some of these if some people are just gonna be in your life and it'd be anxious you know you you walk into the door and you don't know what's gonna happen I think I think that was some of the most stressful points in my life and I I guess like even now like having to like push through some of these like oh it's gonna be fine like I'm someone who pushed through until I have to start crying like that's that's why I was crying at the random buildings because like at the end of the day work don't stop things don't stop life don't stop so you can cry all you want that's just kind of like the mentality I've always had until like now my body's just like I can't hold all of this baggage for as long as I did anymore and so I guess my tolerance level for it has declined a bit um so yes I think your your strong friends your funny friends check on them um because we're fine I promise (laughs) we're good just making sure just check on them um and like and, and I think it was something that like I think even when I got to college, like, my high school friends, I felt like the the energy wasn't the same. Like, I was constantly checking on other people, but it felt like no one was checking in on me because I do come off strong. Like, I had to grow up that way. Like, I had to take care of my siblings, my parents, like, all the problems that was going home at going on at the crib while I was at school. Like, those still came to me on top of learning how to do calc. And, well, I already knew how to do calc, but like essentially having to do the assignments, having to do chemistry, having to do bio, figuring out a campus, trying to make friends, going to like that was just a lot for me, what socially, emotionally, physically. And there's just like, and it felt like no one was checking for me just because it felt like I was going to be okay. Hey, hey, sometimes I'm just not okay. I just got used to navigating through that. And I think it was it was nice like finding groups of friends who 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 are genuinely concerned about your your well-being um and you know can ask for no I do friends. think that like for me <clears throat> I do think that like for me there was one point where I was <laughs> honestly you this sounds really fucked up but the fact that I knew that you had so much so much anxiety stops me from being stupid. Because I remember one day I was like really fucking sad. I was I was like so sad. And I was like re- I was by myself, nobody was there and I was like, you know how people used to be in front of the train tracks at the air like at the thing all the time at the blue line? Yeah. I was like, I could be one of those people. And then I was like, Morgan would be so sad. <laughs> didn't and I just got on the train like there are moments and there was another time I was like I was like home and I was like and I was like I don't want Dorothy to come home and see that and it was just like you being around you guys really like stopped me um from just doing some like real crazy shit because I was just like I even though I'm in a ton of pain and this life is becoming too much for me at times. I just knew that, like, um, my friends are people that I just love. And I was like, I cannot add on to whatever the hell they're already going through. And I was just like, like, yeah, I like it's, it's already bad enough what they're going through. I can't be that friend that, like, gets added to that list. Like, if, if anything gets added to the list, it can't be me. So 
I really did work hard to just like be okay. And I am at a point where like again, sorry, trick we're gonna put a trigger running before this episode, but um I am at a point where I'm okay. Like I genuinely don't worry about um doing any harm to myself. Um I'm fine. I'm in a place where like I'm healed. Um so now it's just more navigating like my emotions versus like crisis. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm in any danger of a crisis anytime soon. Um like I said, things are subject to change. I I can't see the future. But I know that like with the tools I have now with how well I'm at navigating myself with how like being an adult and having access to things and being able to just really like just make my own decisions and my own choices and like honestly going out and doing things has helped me so much and like having life experiences has helped me in a way that I cannot even like explain um if I want to travel somewhere today barring I have the finances to do it I can like I can just go like I can pick up my laptop I work my jobs 100% remote I can pick up my laptop and be like I want to be in Dallas for a week if I have the money to do it and you know the finances to do it I really just I can and um just having that kind of freedom and just knowing that like I can always just go to and just experience things has made my life so much more like fulfilling for me and I like tell people like my job is literally a paycheck for me I do not look for any type of fulfillment at work like at all and um just finding my fulfillment within my friends my family the people that I love the things that I do my new hobbies that I'm picking up uh the things that I'm trying like I learned that I love the theater. Like I went to that musical and I'm literally like it has changed my life. And like when I people used to be like the theater changed my life, I'd be like, Oh, you y'all are tripping, it's not that deep. No, it is. Like it is it was such a immersive experience. Like I have ADHD. I cannot focus on anything for more than like ten minutes at a time. I don't think I've been locked into anything as like intensely in my life. Like, people, and I was sitting, like, kind of far back, so somebody in my way, I almost punched the lady in the head, because I was like, if you move your head one more time, ah. I'm going to have problems. Because she kept moving her head, and I'm bending my weight. Like, I will move, and then she'll move again. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, relax. Relax. It's enough. But it was just such a great experience. And experiences like that, for me, have made my life something that I just want to see what happens next. And I'm always, like, I'm now in a point of excitement. And I always tell people that, like, everyone knows this i had no plans after 18 right so many people were like what did you see yourself doing as a kid i didn't <laughs> like i didn't so like i had i was like yo like 18 would be the last year like i was i planned it i planned that 18 at the end of like my 18th year but the day before i turned 19 done over it like we're done we're we're piecing out and something happened at 18 where i was like let me do 19 let me see how 19 goes and 19 happened and I was like 20 might be actually cool you know like 20 might be cool to just see and then at one point I just found more and more reasons where like I was like you know what life is worth like giving a chance and I think that like I always tell people if you're in a bad place especially as a teenager and you're in a really really dark place um I used to hate when people tell me this it genuinely gets better. And it's just that you have to sometimes make your better. And I think that's the thing that people don't tell you. Life might not get better in a sense where like your situations might not change. The people you're around might not change. Your family will still be your family. Things that are triggering might still be triggering you. 
but you change and you grow and you have new life experiences. And I hope and I pray that teenagers that were once like me, who were just so believful for the future, can find that reason to just one more year. Just just give life another year and keep finding reasons to give life another year. And like, I really sincerely hope from the bottom of my heart that you guys do find that because like, I can't even explain it. Like it, it really does get better, like immensely better. And like, I'm still stressed. I'm still sad some days. Like I'm still like, my depression doesn't disappear because I'm better. And I, I really hope people understand that. Like mental illness doesn't just go, like it doesn't just disappear. Yeah. But even with my depression, I still want to like continue giving life a chance. And I think like being at that point is something that like I cherish so, so closely. So yeah. We thank God. We thank God because I would have beat the shit out of you. Um, just letting you know. <laughs> uh, yes, I stand by my statement. But I also want to say that like outside of just like kind of this like what on our on a normal day today we kind of go through a lot of different things whether it's anxiety, um, at work, imposter syndrome, and I think that happens a lot while you're in school. I think um, it can show up in a variety of different ways. Um, I think, especially when transitions happen, um, it's like those who are in grad school or in school in general, like, hey, there might be, like, I think imposter syndrome was something that um, I didn't really understand what it was until I enter a predominantly white space. And man, um, I didn't realize how much of a toll it can take. And even like entering the workforce and being in a corporate space, like it really can mess with your, your psyche, honestly. And so like just thinking about how these things impact you on a daily and like, a, like and addressing it. Um, I think it's something that I'm definitely still navigating because man, uh, adulting is hard, shy, it's hard, even not adulting, every, every part is just hard, it's just what you make, and I think I'm definitely proud of you, Queen Sola, for, um, you know, really diving into your life experiences and wanting to explore different areas of interest in your life, I think I still need to get to a place where I'm comfortable in doing those things. Um, I I think ever since I've moved, like, socially, I've just been having a hard time. Like, I was already a little bit awkward before, but man, it's really intense now, and I think, um, and I think I've just been getting anxious, speaking with people, going places, even at work, too, it's just, like, navigating or just this transition, I didn't realize how hard it was going to hit me. Um, like, I think I'm proud of where I'm at. It's just kind of like being, finding safety and comfort in this place that I'm at has been difficult. Um, and so it's something I definitely need to work on. And I think we also talked about bouncing around, dating different therapists. I, I, I think finding a new therapist is probably one of the biggest endeavors and like just I hate having to reconnect with someone or connect with someone over and over again it's so draining for me all right this is what's going on with me blah 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 like you know and I'm like uh I'm like I wish people were licensed in every freaking state or something because it is so stressful to have to start that new relationship 
I honestly haven't done it yet just because I, I, it's been so difficult. I think there's so many different requirements that you want in a therapist. And it's like, it's kind of like dating. You ain't going to have a man who perfect, you know, the same way with the therapist. So you can um, have a therapist. Perfect. And, and like my first therapist, like, although it would have been nice to have someone who was who can relate to my experiences, what I appreciate. I'm someone who has to speak metaphorically to really get my thoughts and opinions and just my feelings across. And, like, he he was able to stick with my, my, my analogies and my metaphors. And, like, like, and we used that throughout my therapy. And it made me feel so comfortable. A lot of therapists aren't necessarily comfortable with talking with me like that but it's just that's the best way I can express myself um so you really won't have a true understanding of what's going on with me if you really aren't able to do that but then also having a black therapist sometimes sometimes it's cool sometimes no comment but sometimes it's cool um I think I bought this therapist have you tried like a Nigerian American therapist no, I haven't actively, like, searched for one. And part of me is also, like, <laughs> part of me is, there was a, this is about to be a random segue, but, like, there was something that came up with, who brought it up? I think I was talking to someone, how therapy, sometimes therapy can brood, like, narcissists, um, and what was the other word? It was not I, so I cannot tell you. No, it wasn't you. It could be narcissists and something else. And essentially, um, and I'm like, you know, now that I think about it, sometimes I wish therapy can get feedback from other people in your life just to, like, help with some things. Because I do think that, like, therapy does, like, validate some of your, your thoughts and feelings. And although correct, but sometimes it's behaviors we don't really necessarily understand how it's how it is on a larger scale, like, you're getting this one perspective, like, um, and although it's, like, the main person's perspective, like, what if we're indulging behavior <laughs> no, that, that is not necessarily, and so I was like, dang, that, that, that makes a, yeah, I never thought like about it like say, that. It's like when they say, um, history is written by those who won, you know, like, mm. the victim writes history, yeah. it's like, if you wrote history from the victim's point of view, yeah different stories different stories so i see what you're saying yeah no that does make sense because your therapist only knows your side exactly and whatever your perspective is you no one ever writes themselves to look bad you know a hundred percent so i i thought that was a very good point i'm like and i think sometimes because of that and not that i realized that before but i think i go in um into therapy just like probably have overanalyzed every single thing that I've done. I'm like, okay, so here's my problem. Here's what I think it is. Here are the root causes. Here's some of the thoughts. <laughs> you just you you'd be like, okay. Here's so on Tuesday, this is what I did. This is what I did wrong. Um this is what led up to it. Yeah. And if you go down if you follow this flow chart of feelings. <laughs> At least back to like family and like home life. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. And she's like it's time. And let's just take it like one step at a time. And I'm like, 
But, like, I, I try to avoid making it seem as if, like, I don't know. Like, I can also be the problem. Like, I guess I try to make that clear as well. I don't know. But I thought that was an interesting point that I don't know if therapy will ever change. But, you know, I guess the whole goal is to essentially make you feel better. So. No, that's fair. I do think that, like, if you have a good therapist who can be real with you. Yeah. The therapist that's like, when you're like, yeah, and I can't believe she did that to me and this, that, and the third. And you have a therapist that's like, okay, what did you do to her? And a therapist that will force you to change the narrative. I think that's really important. I think that we have to, when you pick a therapist, you have to make sure you pick someone who yeah. can look at a problem holistically. Yeah. And that might be include you being the problem. Because I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. There are things that I've done and mistakes that I've definitely made. And um, I need a therapist that can call me out on my shit. Like, yeah, girl, you're tripping. Like, you're actually the problem in the situation. Like, why would you think that that was okay? And it's just like, oh, okay. I'm paying you to tell me I'm great. Why are you not telling me I'm great? But yeah, I, I do agree. I do. It, it can be an echo chamber. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, I also appreciate the therapist who can like, like ask you the question and force you to talk because sometimes we want to have the other person talk all the time. Um, and mm. they, like, I never really understand, but how are you feeling? And I'm like, what you mean? Like, I'm good, girl. <laughs> How you feeling? Tell you want some tea? I got some tea. Tell me, explain, expand on that. Um, so I don't want to. But like, why is that? I don't know. What is? You tell me. I'm paying you. <laughs> don't be asking me no questions. <laughs> but I, I, I definitely think that. Mental health has been a journey. Um, it's been a, a learning, a painful one, a fun one. It's been, it's been quite a lot. I think, I think we've gotten to see each other grow in in that aspect. I'm definitely proud of us and from where we've come and where we're headed. Um, I I know throughout this entire episode, I can feel like a little bit scatterbrained because my brain was everywhere. I was like, damn, I you know, but I I hope that we were able to. I think this. I hope to like share some of the vulnerable, be a little bit more vulnerable, and um. We'll cut all of this out. <laughs> our, you know, vulnerable part, and be like, when I edit this, you like, mm, too honest, too honest, too much. Just that's a joke, guys. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> but I hope we can really like just be vulnerable. Hopefully, you guys can, you, your friends, family, whoever, have conversations around mental health and. Just and whether how small or how big you may feel it is, I think it's important to kind of start thinking about that. Otherwise, you don't want to be crying um, in random buildings in SSB. And you don't want to want to look at trains and be like, "Ooh, that looks fun," you know. And <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But to echo what Mariam said, I am genuinely really proud of Mariam. Um, I have been blessed to witness her journey into womanhood, and it has been such a gorgeous journey to witness. She has become such an amazing woman and being being given the opportunity and being granted the, I don't even know what the word is, but just being blessed with the opportunity to see like who you're becoming has been wonderful. 
And I do think that like you're you only have greatness in you and it's just gonna continue growing. Um so yeah, I am genuinely really proud of you. You went from the girl who had like was crying in front of SSB to presenting in front of CEOs. Like you're you're doing great. Like it's it's actually amazing to watch. And like I remember when I used to be like, I said, girl, what are you talking about? You're literally awesome. And I used to be like, eh, you know, and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Ugly girl syndrome. You call it. I call it ugly girl syndrome. I was like, why do you have ugly girl syndrome? And when I say ugly girl syndrome, I don't mean like you're physically ugly, but it's just like whenever society puts you in a corner and calls you ugly, you tend to act the role that they're giving you, and it makes you act like you're not that bitch. And like, be careful. Like, if you have ugly girl syndrome, which I will explain like really briefly, it means that like when someone tells you you're ugly and you believe them. You don't act with boldness anymore, right? Um, you don't you don't walk the world like the like an amazing person that you are because you believe that you're ugly. And when you believe that you're ugly, you believe you're worth less. You believe that everything that happens to you is because you're lucky and it's not because of any hard work that you've put in. You second guess your own experiences, you second guess your own self, you second guess everything that you are and the like the amazing human being that you are. So if you have ugly girl or ugly guy syndrome, get over that shit because I guarantee you're not. You need to walk this world like a bad bitch walking into a section. You need to walk this world like you have pretty privilege. Because when you start acting just a little bit delusional and you walk around and you hold your head just a little bit higher, it changes everything. Like so no, don't like yeah no. You used to have ugly girl syndrome, and I'm like you were never ugly. I was like, what are you doing? Like, stop it. You're acting like, stop. You acting like people don't want to like. You know what? I don't need to. I don't need to give examples right now. But like, I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. But yeah, seeing you grow, especially out of like your imposter syndrome, is something that I've been very happy to witness. You still have a little bit of it because again, it's you. It grow. It takes time. You're undoing your. 20 you're gonna be 23 so you're <laughs> I was like, wait, what? you're undoing 25 years of trauma <laughs> and on your 23rd birthday plus three hopefully you just see more growth no like it takes time to undo years and years and years of stuff it doesn't it's not something that you just wake up and you're okay like, yeah. you know, so this is like, I think this is probably like our first full year. It's not even my first full year, but I think it's like your first full year of genuinely just being by yourself, right? Like it's your first full year of like being alone and like being in your own space with like, it's just you and like being able to just be in your own space and take up space in your own like space. So it's just like that is something that you have to navigate through. That's a whole different ball game than when like you have other things to distract you. So you are doing a great job. You are really doing a phenomenal job. So yeah, um, this is the one time I will compliment Moriam. Any other episode outside of this, she's taking L's. Thank you. Wow. Um, like that. Koisela, our dear friend, she has grown. She has grown a lot. Um. We found her as a crackhead on the street somewhere. I'm just playing. She was. But no, she has definitely she has definitely grown a lot. Um honestly I think I think life life would take her on the road trip, but I think she's taken life by the balls and ran with it. Um 
she I've just like watching her interact and engage with people and and being in these spaces and being confidently herself um I'm pretty sure I've seen her get ready in 15 minutes and went out by herself before and I was just like the coin solo I knew at the very beginning would not fall but she's really owning owning life right now and I think I'm super I'm super proud of you um you're growing to be a phenomenal woman. And this is the other episode we're going to talk about. Every other episode from this is all in. Um, I don't want it. Shut up. Yo, that's so dude. Mushy. Let's be. Oh my god, it's so mushy. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, y'all, thank you for tuning in. It is, you know, it's been fun recording this new season. And I really hope that you guys can see all of our hard work and you guys enjoy it. We've put a lot into this. We have, like, clips now. We have video now. We have guests. We have we have an intro song. Like, come on. Like, we're, we're killing it. So hopefully you guys like this season. Mm. You already heard it at this point. If you're just hearing, you know what? Start the episode over just to hear the clip again. Because that beat, that beat was beating. Forget. Your body's. You know the best part is you can play that clip right now. You want to know why? Yeah, we can play it. We're on ours. We're on ours. We own the beat. Maybe we should add it to part of our media songs. A random time of the episode. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. You listened to another phenomenal episode of Chats.